Good morning. Good morning, Mary. This is the day the Lord has made. And we do rejoice in it, and we are glad you're here with us today. We gather together on this very special Music Appreciation Sunday to lift up our hearts, our voices, and our music and give praise to God. And so, as we are called to worship, may God's Spirit truly be upon us as we celebrate in music and song today. together in our hymn of celebration number 158, Come Christian, Join to Sing.
This is our Music Appreciation Sunday, an opportunity for us to say thank you to so many who each week bring to us the joy and the beauty of music and song and bells and in uh, all kinds of ways in many different forms uh, for our young people and our mature adults and uh, for those who just love to sing and bring grace to God. Inside your order of service, you'll see our music appreciation uh, listing of all of those involved in different areas of our ministry, from our uh, director of music, Gloria Hilliard, for our 
organist, for our choir directors, for each member of the choir and the parts that they sing. And it's uh, just a wonderful thing to look at that. And if you'll notice in each of the sections, soprano, alto, tenor, and bass, we actually had people that have been more than 30 years in each of those. Those guys were all in the same kindergarten class um, when they started here. And uh, so it's great to see people who for so long and those who just have come on board to be able to sing with us and to raise up our joy. And so for each one of those persons, we want to say a very special word of thank you. And I'd like to invite you to express that with me to our choirs and all those who are involved in our ministry of music. I have never in my life ever seen anybody during a sermon tap their foot and, and kind of shake their head. Well, well, I have seen them shake their head. But when music is there, you see people tapping there and shaking their heads, and you know that you made a connection. And uh, so it's a, it's a great deal of joy. And I would like to invite you to join with me in our litany of appreciation, as you'll find it in your order of service, as we say thank you to those who have served us so well in this way. Spirit of the living God, we give thanks for your word dancing around us from the first bird in the morning until the last cricket at night. The sounds of your presence surround us. May our ears be open to hear your song, Lord, in your mercy. Spirit of the living God, we give thanks for the gift of music as it moves and shapes us. We thank you for the ways in which the poetry expresses our faith, the melody, our longing, the hope, our joy. May our lives and our ministries nurture the gift of music. Lord, in your mercy. Spirit of the living God, we give thanks for the musicians that lead us in worship. We thank you for those who lead us. We thank you for those who tap and strum and play. We thank you for those who blend their voices. May our lives deep display appreciation for the gift of music and respect for the dedication of those who share the gift with us. Lord, in your mercy. Spirit of the living God, we give thanks for the opportunity to express our love for you and for one another through the powerful mystery of rhythm. May our expressions of word and melody honor you now and always. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And we truly give thanks. As we come now to our time of prayer, I would invite you to turn in your prayer books to our hymn number 473, Lead Me, Lord.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks as we gather together this morning. We give you thanks for the presence of Jesus Christ that brings us to the foot of the throne of your grace. And we ask, O oh God, today the blessing of that spirit to be upon us. That in truly in the joy of music, in the joy of singing, in the joy of instruments brought into the sanctuary, our hearts and souls are lifted to give praise to you for music does work a mystery and miracle in the heart to uplift and encourage and bless. And might we find as we uplift our voices, as we uplift our music, that the power of your spirit truly upon us reminds us of the heavenly angels who in their singing too finds praise to God both in heaven and through us on earth that we might in all ways and all times give thanks and praise to your holy name. And so, O oh Lord, today may the power of that love continue to be upon us. May the strength of your love surround us. And may that grace of Jesus Christ fill us with the power to praise and to worship and to pray. And so, Lord, we take these next few moments to be in simple prayer, a moment to bring something from our own hearts for ourselves or for someone we love, a situation at work, at school, in our home, of a place in which, oh God, we simply need your hand to guide us and strengthen us and bless us. So, Lord, now hear our hearts as we lift our prayers to you. Thank you, O oh God, for an ear that always listens, for a presence that's always near, and for hope that guides us to the future, to know that there's nothing we go through, that you do not go with us to strengthen and lead us in the way. And for this now, O oh God, we give the thanks and the praise as we remember the words that our Lord Jesus Christ has taught us that we can pray even as we say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
the ushers come forward to receive this morning's gifts, tithes, and offerings.
God, we give you thanks and praise for these, our gifts, tithes, and offerings. We present them before you and ask that you will use these for the ministry of your church, that we continue to reach out to this community and throughout this world in your Son's name and in whom we pray. Amen. Amen. receive a reading from the Word of God. And may we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from Colossians 3, 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts 
to which indeed you were called into the one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is God's word to God's people. May we pray. Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise for the reading of your word. May it speak to our hearts and to our lives that we might be transformed through the reception of it. We give you thanks and praise for your spirit in this place, for the gift of music and the celebration. We thank you that we might come into your presence. Meet us here this day through your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to give a thank you to Carol Ames. She sent an email earlier this week that was a perfect, uh, a perfect illustration for my sermon this morning. There was once a feud between a pastor and a choir director. The first hint of trouble came when the pastor preached on dedicating yourself to service, and the choir director chose to sing, I shall not be moved. <laughs> Trying to believe it was a coincidence, the pastor allowed it to kind of roll off his shoulders and, and let go of the incident. The next Sunday, he preached on giving. Afterwards, the choir squirmed as the director led them in the hymn, Jesus paid it all. <laughs> By this time, the pastor was losing his temper. Sunday morning, attendance had swelled as the tension between the two built. A large crowd showed up that third week to hear the sermon on the sin of gossiping. Would you believe the choir director selected, I love to tell the story? <laughs> there was no turning back. The following Sunday, the pastor told the congregation that unless things changed, he would consider retiring or resigning. The church gasped when the choir director led them in, why not tonight? <laughs> no one was surprised when the pastor resigned a week later, explaining that Jesus had led him there and that Jesus was leading him away. The choir director could not resist. What a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> it seems that there's a song for every situation and for every occasion. Music is all around us, everywhere we go. It makes an impact on us whether we realize it or not. And that's the joy of music. It becomes, or it's power to move us, to inspire us, and to change us. According to Don Campbell, founder of the Institute of Music, Health, and Education, as well as the author of The Mozart Effect, music can affect us even when we're not influenced by the words that are shared. Campbell found that music has an effect on our hearts. He states, the faster the music, the faster the heart will beat. The slower the music, the slower the heart beats, all within a moderate range. A heartbeat a slower heartbeat creates less physical tension and stress. It calms the mind and it helps the body heal itself. In addition, he found that music has a direct effect on the function of the brain. It can slow brain waves or slow down the brain and equalize brain waves to create a meditative state or it can energize our brain waves, our thinking and quickening the process, enhancing creativity. 
It even states that cells of your body respond to music. And some re researchers say that just 15 minutes a day of listening to music could increase levels of immune chemicals within your system that are vital to protect against disease. There's no doubt that music is important to our physical well-being and to our health. But it's also important to realize that music is vital to our spiritual life as well. Colossians reminds us of the importance of music as we are reminded to sing our praises to God, to give our thanks to God. You see, it's about worship. And I believe music offered as worship is important for three reasons. First, music can change our attitudes. According to Colossians, whatever you do, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God with gratitude in your hearts. Sing. In the later years of his reign, King Saul turned away from God. And in the Old Testament, we hear that God left Saul and that Saul was filled with an evil spirit. And the result was that King Saul was driven nearly to the point of madness. He kind of went insane with this. So one day a counselor walks up to him, one of his trusted walks up to him and, and says, King Saul, there's this person who sings, who plays, who might help relieve your burden. King David is brought into the picture. And we're told in that passage, David would take his harp and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. Through David's music in King Saul's life, that brought a peace, a change in his attitude. You know, have you ever noticed how music and how the music we listen to affects our emotions or affects our habits? I love driving down the road and seeing people, you know, bouncing their heads and singing loud as they can in their car when they're driving. Or maybe, have you ever noticed that you're listening to music in the car, all of a sudden you're going maybe a little faster than you meant to be driving because you're so caught up in the music or you're so caught up with, with what you're singing? And I don't know about every generation, but I know when I was a teenager, typically our generation, when you would break up with a significant other, you would turn on like Journey or some, some band like that and be like, they know what I'm talking about. You know, you'd listen to all the saddest music and they could empathize with a broken heart. Advertisers spend millions of dollars determining what music is best to play and at what volume music is best to play in a store to keep shoppers there and to get them to want to spend more and spend or spend more time in the store. Music plays an important role in shopping habits. And this is true as well when music brings us and brings our focus back to God. Our attitudes will change because we're no longer focusing on ourselves or on the things that we desire, but instead learning to put our focus where it should be, back on God. Music allows us to change our focus back to God. And by putting our focus back on God, greater the chances that we become thankful for all of the blessings that God has given when our attitude starts to turn back to God, there goes our praise and our thanks. We offer God thanks and praise, consciously or not, at all times, with a heart that is being transformed, with a heart that is changing. Second, music can change not only our attitudes, but it can change how we respond to situations and change how we respond to our circumstances. Colossians says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. With gratitude in your hearts, sing. Ordinarily, 
I think it's safe to say we would all agree that we don't control our circumstances as such. To a large degree, they seem to control us, especially the bad ones. Life gets us down. People can be cruel. Sometimes things happen beyond our control. You know, we can become victim of those situations, of those circumstances, but we don't have to be. As we allow music to transform our attitudes, so too do we learn to allow music to help us understand the peace of Christ that rules in our hearts, the peace that passes all understanding. Take Paul and Silas, for example. They're in Philippi. They're preaching. They're healing. They're casting out demons. Something about what they were doing was upsetting the authorities. They didn't like it very much. So they had Paul and Silas beaten thrown into the deepest, darkest pit, into a dungeon cell, and placed in stockades. I think it's fair to say that if we were in that situation, we would be angry, hurt, enraged, probably pick up the phone and call our lawyer for a lawsuit. Situations like these could have overwhelmed us, probably would overwhelm most people. But Paul and Silas don't appear to be overwhelmed. They're not beaten down and they're not defeated. In that situation, we know what happened to them wasn't right, and yet they refused to be controlled by those circumstances. They faced the unfairness of what they experienced and instead turned their focus back to God. You see, in Acts chapter 16, we learn at midnight that Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Though they may have been physically inside a prison. Through music and through prayer, they chose to be mentally in the presence of their Savior. They gave their full focus back to God. Those who had mistreated them could chain their bodies, but never chain their souls. Their singing and their prayers gave them the power to rise above their situation, above their circumstances. And I believe as we learn to sing praises to God in the tough times, we move away from fear and from anger and anxiety and all of those things, allowing Christ's peace to rule in our hearts. As we move away from fear, we move to a peace. I remember when I was a child, I used to go to summer camp all the time. And I don't know if the story is true or not, but I was always told every year, uh, you all familiar with the song Kumbaya? Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. Well, if you listen to the verses, someone's praying, someone's crying, someone's singing, all of those different verses from Kumbaya. I was always told that that song was written about coal miners in West Virginia. And I was taught that the story goes, there was a collapse at the mine. And the only hope that the, the, uh, the, the, those who were searching, the, the, the um, responders had, were they heard people singing in the mine. And they heard people crying in the mine. And it was that song that relays that story. Someone's crying, someone's praying. I don't know if it's true or not, but the point is the same. We can change how we respond as we allow God's praise to be heard in our singing. To move from an eye for an eye mindset to a love those who persecute you. Third, music gives us a tool with which to share God's love. Colossians says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another. Someone once said that I could probably quote the entire Bible by singing. I probably know a song for every, every verse that there is in the Bible. 
And though that's not true, I've learned that music is a great way to speak with people. You know, it's the husband and wife who are having an argument, and they're fighting over his love of the monkeys, the band the monkeys. He's got a huge, uh, huge uh, fan. He's a huge fan of the monkeys. And she says, sometimes I feel like you love the monkeys more than you love me. And he said, sweetheart, you know I loved you when I saw your face. <laughs> knowing songs and knowing songs that glorify God doesn't hurt. <laughs> Being able to call on those songs and use those in conversation and in times of trials was a great thing. And I know music can speak to people because the passage in 16 continues. It says, as they were praying and singing hymns to God, the prisoners were listening to them. I don't think Paul and Silas intended for their music to be heard by the others. I don't think that's why they were singing. But it would be a little hard to miss, don't you think? These two had been beaten, placed in a dungeon cell, placed in stockades that weren't designed for comfort, Yet here they are singing. And as far as the other prisoners were concerned, they probably assumed these two guys should be angry. They should howl and protest, curse and rage, if not at least silently suffer. These guys had to be crazy. But they were singing praises to God. Paul and Silas turned their dungeon cell not into a dungeon cell, but into a service of worship, into a church. They weren't crazy. These men were so in love with Jesus that even in prison they sang his praise. And because they did so naturally, they literally witnessed by their singing. They shared the good news in song. Their voices reached the cell of the other prisoners and the ears of the jailer who had them locked in their cell. And in that passage, the witness was so strong and their prayers and their praise were so strong that the sh ground shook. And the, they were freed and the, the, the walls broke. And beneath them, as the floor shook, the voice of the jailer came to them. And the jailer approached them and said, what must I do to be saved? And then the jailer took Paul and Silas to his home where, he spoke, where they spoke with him. And he spoke with his family. And it says later that he was baptized. The jailer should have been put to death, but instead was given life. You see, music, especially singing, I believe is a powerful tool that changes us. It changes how we view and handle our circumstances. And it changes the life of the people around us when we sing. But there are some people who don't like to sing. And there's probably some of you, some of you who say, well, I don't sing so well. And so we leave it for the choir. We leave it for the professionals. Or we leave it for people who know how to sing because we don't want to be embarrassed. But you see, the joy of it, as Gary said earlier, the Bible says make a joyful noise. It doesn't matter how you sing to make a joyful noise. See, the issue becomes not whether we can sing. It's not about whether you sing or how well you sing, but rather whether we have a song of praise with which to sing. Because when we lift our voices, no matter how they sound, no matter what we think of them, they become a sweet sound to God. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. I don't know if any of you remember the 1988 World Series. The Dodgers won. And following the World Series, Oral Hershiser, the 
uh, had a phenomenal year that year. But he was invited to the Johnny Carson show. And while he was there with Johnny Carson, Carson asked him, what did he do to calm his nerves between the innings? Here he is in the biggest stage of his career, pitching phenomenally. And he, Carson asked him, what did you do between innings? To which Hershiser responded that he sang songs. So Carson egged on the crowd and egged on the audience. And together they said, well, sing for us, sing for us. And Carson was caught off guard, but deeply moved when Hershiser sang. So moved was he that towards the end of the Johnny Carson show, right before it came off, they actually played this segment again in, in, a, in a, later, uh, a later series. But it always touched Carson. For on that day, Hershiser sang a simple song that all of us are familiar with, giving praise to God there on national TV. You see, for in that moment, when Oral was asked to sing, he simply sang... Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. A simple song, a simple prayer. We sing it almost every week. There in the Johnny Carson show, Oral Hershiser sang praises to God through a simple doxology. This morning I ask you not whether you can sing, but will you raise your voice in song? Will you raise your voice to sing praises to God to sing your thanks to God for all that he has blessed us with. Will we give praise to God through Jesus Christ our Savior? For on this day, we get to rejoice in the power of music. So I want to invite you to stand, to raise your voices loud and strong, to share together and lift our voice in praise, our hymn of dedication, 68, when God in our music is glorified.
invite you to reach out and take the hand of someone near you and joining hand in hand together to understand that we gather here with one heart, with one spirit, and with one voice to sing our praise to God. Receive now the choir's blessing and the benediction. Now let us go and make our way with singing and praying. Now let us go and make our way with singing and praying. With singing and praying. Now go in peace in the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.